welcome to Rethink, the podcast that explores the people and products shaping innovation and those designing for resilience. Hosted by Philip Beer. Welcome. Today's guest is Chris Krager. He is founder of KRDB. He is a native Detroiter, a former banker with an undergraduate degree in business administration and a master's of architecture. Chris says KRDB's primary mission is to make modern design accessible, both economically and intellectually, to the broadest cross-section of the population. Chris, welcome. That is a brief introduction. Can you please share more info about you and your work? Sure. Um, so, Chris Kreger, I'm the principal of KRDB, uh, which is a vertically integrated de- developed design build firm based in Austin, Texas and Los Angeles. Um, as well as a principal of Ma Modular, which is a modular design company that is a spin-off or a, is a sister company of uh, KRDB. Um, I actually have a, um, a business degree and a background in um, banking and real estate, uh, which was prior to my coming to Austin and getting a master's degree in architecture. Um, and I started my practice uh, pretty much right out of graduate school, um, having the background in banking and real estate. And actually, also, um, I put myself through college working as a framer. So having kind of practical construction experience, banking experience, um, uh, and real estate experience, I, out of grad school, I was immediately enamored of architecture. But the thing that I realized um, coming from a Midwestern working class background that very few people I knew or were acquainted with uh, lived in buildings designed by architects. And so the thrust of our practice from day one um, was uh, basically twofold. One, making architecture more affordable and accessible. Uh, and secondly, focusing on sustainable design, specifically um, starting with the macro, um, uh, we've been doing um, infill projects and, and focusing on urban infill uh, from day one, which is about 17 years now. We've been doing this for about 17 years. Um, and so, uh, and we also, to know, uh, an important point there as well is that we have been a developed design build practice from day one. So uh, an entrepreneurial venture, um, uh, I assumed coming out of grad school that someone was not going to hire me to uh, provide this work that we were interested in producing. And so we decided to just go out and and make the work, uh, put it in the market um, and um, see what happened. And so uh, it went well. (laughs) And just to clarify, when you say modular, what are we talking about exactly? Yeah, that's a good point. So um, modular construction, there's a an umbrella, which is manufactured housing. And under that umbrella, there's essentially two kinds of modular construction. There's HUD code housing, which is you know, basically trailer homes. It's what many people think of when they think of factory built housing. And then there's modular code, which is built the same building code as site built construction. Um, one of the primary distinctions besides the separate building codes is that modular uh, is built on a permanent foundation and HUD code 
construction is not on a permanent foundation. So um, most of our buildings, which are modular, and they come out of the factory, I should also say, um, it's not uh, panelized or kit construction. We're delivering boxes to the site from the factory that have floors and cabinets and sheetrock and paint and plumbing fixtures. So when these boxes are delivered to the site, the project site, they could be, you know, 85 to 90% complete when they're delivered. Great. And then what price points are we talking about? Well, you know, if you're really comparing apples and apples, meaning the specifications are the same, you know, you're putting the same types of finishes and products in, in the buildings. What we find is that the, the cost of construction, vertical construction is comparable if if design is held the same, if specifications are held the same, the one of the myths of modular construction is that it's less expensive. Um, now, the sticks and bricks in the factory are a little bit less expensive than, than site building because of the efficiencies of the economies of scale, but then that's offset by the, the cost of having to ship um, and set the buildings. And so one of the, so the first question that people ask when I explain that to them is, well, why would you do this? And the primary advantages of, there's several advantages of modular construction. One is time and that, you know, on, um, depending on the project type, you could be saving anywhere from 30 to 50% of your timeline. Um, on a single family residence, it takes us a year to build a custom single family home. I could definitely do that in six months with single family residential. Um, on a multifamily or mixed use project, you know, you could probably shave 30% off of your timeline. Um, one of the other advantages is that you're building in a controlled environment. And so uh, that building um, is on an assembly line, um, is indoors, you in know, in it's under a roof. Um, it's being inspected at every stage um, in this controlled environment. So um, those, the kind of um, expediency and the, the level of control that you have. Uh, and then the other, um, uh, you know, context in which modular makes a lot of sense. And we have a couple projects that we've done where this is the case is where you have a remote or a site or a site where, you know, the trades are very difficult to come by. Uh, for example, we did a house in Marfa, Texas. Um, and, you know, this is seven hours west in Texas and, and out there, um, your electrician or your plumber may be driving two hours to your site. Um, so being able to consolidate, you know, 80, 90% of the work into the factory and having limited on-site supervision and work um, is advantageous as well. Even your mixed use projects and multifamily are modular then? We had, so what happened, um, we began, yes, we are doing um, multifamily and mixed use in modular. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, all the projects that we have either on the ground or on the boards today are modular construction. And so initially when we um, worked in, in the modular realm, it was in single family construction. And we did that for about eight or no, seven or eight years. Uh, and then three or four years ago, uh, we had a speculative mixed use project that uh, I was partnering on. And um, given the 
the constraints of the site, meaning it's a really tight site in an urban infill location in Austin, uh, we thought, well, geez, this would be a great opportunity, given how difficult it is to manage, it's going to be to manage the logistics on the site, it would probably be an interesting uh, opportunity to look at um, designing this building um, as a modular, uh, as a modular building. And so, yes, we're doing our multifamily and mixed use projects as, as modular as well. In, in regard to resilience, uh, whether we describe that as durability or being able to rebound better from stress, um, how, how would you say that building homes or multifamily or even commercial uh, is a modular structure? Um, really is in line with resilience. Well, I think one of the um, primary ways in which uh, it could contribute to uh, the concept of resiliency would be the fact that you could execute a project. Um, like I said, you could probably shave 30 to 40 percent uh, off of your overall schedule um, by fabricating a building in the factory. Um, you also, one of the other advantages there is, um, which goes hand in hand with the reduced timeline is, um, you know, projects like this, especially if you're building in a transitional area, um, where you might be on the edge of a commercial residential zone, you're, uh, disrupting the neighborhood and, and your neighbors for a brief, you know, a, a shorter period of time. Um, but I think the primary uh, um, way in which it would uh, address resiliency would be uh, project delivery time. Um, I think the buildings are also, as I mentioned, built to uh, or exceeding typically uh, the building code for site-built construction. And we've worked with manufacturers who utilize a variety of construction techniques, anything from precast concrete slabs to hybrid wood and steel to steel, all steel construction. Um, there are also methodologies within the modular world that are slightly different than site built construction methodologies, uh, partially by virtue of the fact that a building has to be put on the back of a truck and shipped X number of miles to a job site. And so, they have to be built to withstand what is essentially a, an earthquake slash tornado uh, right out of the gate. And so um, th these buildings are tend to be more stout um, than a standard than standard site built construction. I'm always surprised we'll we'll ship a building hundreds of miles that has large openings of you know windows or glass in them. and uh, and as I said, they're they're sheet rocked and painted and uh, the minimal amount of cracking we see in them is always um, surprising to me how they can withstand that kind of disturbance and come intact. Mm. Um, you've been a propon proponent to modular for a long time, and it's evident in your work. What What are some of the trends that you're seeing, interesting trends, in regard to modular construction? Well, you know, one of the main trends is the trend, the kind of, I guess, the wave that we're riding, which is our shift in focus uh, from single-family to the multifamily mixed-use, and what I'm seeing is there are 
new entrants to the industry on the manufacturing side. And most of the new manufacturers that I'm running into are focusing on uh, multifamily, mixed use, hospitality, manufacturing, and focusing on um, procuring those clients. Um, a lot of the single family uh, players are still there, but are, are just doing that type of work. Um, but I think this opportunity, um, given the, the volume of housing units that are needed in urban environments these days, I think that these manufacturers and these new manufacturers really see the opportunity over the next decade or so uh, to provide this delivery method uh, for missing middle housing. What, are you, what project are you currently working on that you're most excited about? Yeah, the project that um, we currently have on the boards that I am most excited about, um, we are collaborating with a not-for-profit here in Austin, um, working on a uh, multifamily project that is going to be 100% affordable housing, um, taking advantage of um, an amendment to our land development code here that gives um, uh, leniency on some of the requirements of land development code, for example, reducing parking requirements um, and reducing FAR requirements um, based on the percentage of affordable housing. We're going to be 100% affordable housing a block from transit, um, and it's going to be a, mod it's a modular project. And so it's a, a new typology in the city, uh, utilizing a new set of codes, um, targeting uh, a, a huge demand that we have in Austin, as we do, in, as we have in many cities, of uh, a, a deep need for affordable housing. So um, that um, is a project that we're really excited about kicking off here shortly. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rethink. Find a complete library of past episodes at iTunes or wherever you're listening to this.